What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Christian, Sean, Randy, back again. We're just over two weeks away from watching real football be played by grown men on a football field. Go figure. Something that maybe a lot of us didn't think would happen, except for me. I'm smart. Everybody else was a nitty. Hey, don't take your victory lap yet, man. Yeah, wait till they're, wait till they're on the field, buddy. Knock on yeah. wood. Speaking of victory laps, um, I there's there's been a thing going on Twitter where people are taking victory laps when a player gets injured uh, or cut because they got injured. Don't fucking do that. Uh, you that's, like you did with Sony Michelle? No, no, dude. I'm, I'm not kidding. I don't. No, I'm, I'm not taking my victory lap on Damian Harris yet, but. When Sony's healthy, that's when I will. But that's kind of my point. Don't fucking do that. If we're here, we're here to give mediocre. Like who, is, who is a player, for example, that people are taking a victory lap over? Uh, I doubt this guy listens. I'm not going to say the name of the. No, person. I'm not saying. I'm not saying to say the person. I'm just saying the player they're referring to. Curtis Weaver. So it is actually not in the fantasy community, but in the. Um, the NFL draft community. What, a rookie so, out of Boise State for Dallas? Yeah. He, he, I thought he was drafted by the Dolphins. I don't know. Um, but he, he got cut because he's hurt, and someone was, like, taking a victory lap over how he projected him in the NFL. Like, dude, he's going to get another shot, number one. And number two, <laughs> Browns. But, I wouldn't hate it. Curtis Weaver's a good player. I don't know. Any, any defensive player name that has any kind of pulse. For the love of God, Brown sign. I'm sad. At this fucking point, Jesus. Yeah. Problem is... Stupid it, Grant Delpit's Achilles. Oh, I thought you were going to call Grant Delpit stupid there for a second. That would have been really no, mean. No, I'm calling Achilles stupid. <laughs> yep. Um, but Curtis Weaver cannot play safety, so probably shouldn't sign him. Then Earl Thomas, baby! No, stop. Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan, come to Cleveland. We'll see. Either way. <laughs> All right. You want to give our last official website update, Mr. I hope, I hope this is the last update. So uh, we had another delay. We are sorry. Sorry for the wait. Like Lil Wayne. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so can we, can we bring us out in this episode today with Ice Cream Paint Job? Uh, yeah. I think for copyright reasons i'm not quite sure but you know we'll move on we'll figure that out as it goes i'll 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 look into it yes (laughs) um so yes there has been a delay the website still looks beautiful we're literally just a button away from purchasing the domain so yes there has been another delay uh we should be live next week we're gonna stop making promises though we're we're very hopeful that by next week we will be up and running we will give you the URL. There will be like a launch day and all of our articles are getting transferred over. They have been transferred um, already. So they're sitting there just waiting. I have an article that I published last week that it's just sitting there. I'm kind of waiting to push it until we, uh, we launch. So I'm excited for that one too. It's my 10 bold takes headed into the 2020 season. So that's, that's my, my big article heading into the season. So lots of Damian Harris talk, but uh, website should be live next week. Should be no promises. Should good call. (laughs) 
And, and for our uh, for our music fans out there, I apologize. Ice Cream Paint Job was actually on the No Ceilings mixtape. Sorry for the way it still had some fire flames with um, Tucci's back, Gucci, Gucci, Marvin's Room, sure thing. So there were still some very good, very good remixes on that mixtape. We we'll have to deliberate and see which one we want to put at the end. Probably still Ice Cream Paint Job. Either that or I would say sure thing because the sure thing remix is pretty dope also. I liked... Uh... The one with Beyonce, was that on a Sorry for the Wait? It was definitely on a Sorry for the Wait. We're off the rails. Yeah, Run the run um, the World. The run the no, World. No, no, no. Not that one. It was a different one. It might have been an older Sorry for the Wait. Not important. Not fantasy relevant. Yeah, but it's Lil Wayne, so Lil Wayne's always relevant. Well. Wow. And Randy wants to die. This is going to be a relatively quick episode. Um, we're going to play our interview with Josh Steichleather of um, Salary Cap Football fame. Christian was in a league with him as the commissioner this year. Yes, it is Salary Cap. It's not auction anymore. We're not going to get into the why. It's just if you, if you have any information, if you want to know why, just go look at Yahoo Fantasy, and they're kind of the ones that have brought about this. I will say no more. Um, so we'll get into that interview, and then after that, we're going to do a little uh, quick little if then statement segment. So we're going to go back to uh, middle school science. <laughs> but first, let's get into our Josh Stike Leather interview. All right, so we are here with Josh Steichleather, of, uh, the commissioner of the Just for Fun Salary Cap League, and he is the Cut Salary Cap Draft Expert. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely, and this is a league that, Christian, you joined last year, correct? That was the first year of joining the Just for Fun Salary Cap League? It, it was, yeah. It was when I moved down to North Carolina. I met uh, Seth. Uh, shout out Seth, um, and he invited me into this league. He saw me doing mock drafts at work when I should have been working. But when you work in parks and recreation, you have time to do mock drafts sometimes. And uh, so he invited me into the league, and that's how I met Josh. And uh, then Josh became our salary cap draft expert. So, For the record, you say that you sometimes have time to do mock drafts. You put together a complete like dynasty trade value simulation thing in one day at work this week. Did I? So I would argue that you have more time than just some. Listen, the, the, yeah, the, the boss was gone. Hopefully he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> We're just not going to send him the link now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, Let's uh, let's get into some questions about the salary cap leagues. And I'm going to be honest to our listeners here. I may sound kind of immature. I don't want to necessarily say that that's the right word. Just I've never done these before. So this is all new to me. Like all of the stuff we're asking, all of the information that Josh is going to tell us is completely new, which I'm sure a decent amount of listeners are probably going to feel the same way. But uh, first off, Josh. How long have you been playing fantasy football, and when did you start playing in salary cap leagues? Yeah, so so this will be my fifteenth year playing fantasy. 
Um, so uh, my first uh, stud run back I ever drafted was LaDainian Tomlinson, so that dates me a little bit. Um, and not Jets LaDainian Tomlinson, that would be Chargers LaDainian Tomlinson. <laughs> So, um, you know, sal- the salary cap format and, and, and that, that idea, we started about six years ago. So we, we've been in it for about, this will be our seventh year coming up, um, and run this league, run the, the salary cap format with the, with the draft style at least. Okay. And uh, what, let me just uh, add one little thing. When you started fantasy, did you start with these salary cap leagues or did you, um, is, is this a newer thing that you've kind of gotten into through the last couple of years? Yeah, definitely, definitely didn't start there, right? Like, I, I don't know if anybody was doing auction, um, you know, 15 years ago. I, I, it was all redraft, right? Like, I, like even keepers were, weren't really a, a big thing whenever I started fantasy, right? Like, it, it wasn't really an idea. Um, just because there was it was so new um, and was kind of on that bubble and, and it was kind of bursting at that moment. Um, so right, it came in right before that started. Uh, as far as the salary cap piece uh, comes, that, that I would say it's newer, right? So six years ago started it. It was brand new to everybody. We've had a good core of guys that kind of walked through it together. Um, I, I would say we have th- this like ongoing churn of about three to four spots that always kind of churn out every year, at least two. Um, and, and so we always bring new people in. I, I would say probably eight of the guys that are in the league have, have been doing th- this the salary cap format um, okay. that that long. So yeah. Now, do you remember who your first guy you put a bid in was? Oh man, um, first guy I ever nominated to, to to bid, or the first guy I ever like? Yeah, the first guy you, the, the first guy you nominated. So okay, so, so th- this is going to get into tips and tricks here a little bit, but I, I've got way m- much more in my sleeve. Um, I always uh, nominate uh, quarterbacks and defenses and kickers for, for nominations because um, I like to force people to spend their money on that before I have to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the next question, fun fact about Josh: he uh, he was very patient, and I know I'm probably stealing his thunder on the tips and tricks. But he, I think you got Austin Eckler for a dollar or two dollars last year. Is that correct? Yeah, it was two dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that's absurd. Um, and w- I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the tips and tricks. So I just I wanted to highlight that uh, Austin Eckler went for two dollars in in our league in my first year. So. That's that, because <laughs> that was that was, that should have been the league winner. You should have won the league last year, man. Uh, I mean, I feel the same way, but stuff happens, right? So. <laughs> we all feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, for our listeners, what are the benefits of the salary cap format as opposed to redraft? Yes. So, so right. Whenever you're in redraft, right, you're kind of constricted in who who gets picked before your 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 option. Um, so, one of the big benefits to me is. Whatever player you really want to target, you can have, right? For for the right price, you can go grab that player, right? So as we walked into the end of the season, uh, into the draft last year, um, just being for transparency, I'm a Panthers fan, but I also thought uh, Christian McCaffrey was going to be the guy last year, right? Like if there was any one person to have, Christian McCaffrey was it last year. So I went in saying, okay, I'm willing to spend X number of dollars to, to purchase uh, Christian McCaffrey's contract. And get him on my team, and and, and so and, and that's what I was able to do, right? Like I went in saying this is going to be my one guy, and I'm going to be flexible from here on out. So but let's say you're a huge, um, you know, Austin Eckler guy, right? We, we, he, he came up this upcoming year. You huge Austin Eckler guy, especially for the price, you can have him, right? Like you can go out there and grab him. So that that's that's the first real big benefit is 
you can determine what your roster looks like. You don't have to allow other people drafting uh, to choose what your roster looks like, or at least that core looks like. Um, you know, in my opinion, that, that also leads into more flexibility in the draft, right? In my opinion, redraft has some rigidity to it in the fact that you're kind of at the beck and call of other people's decisions and what's happening. And, and it's hard to, to understand maybe going in the draft, these decisions that are going to get made, right? Um, you know, there's still crazy things that happen in auction drafts, but the things that happen that are crazy in auction drafts don't necessarily impact you in what your decision-making is going to be outside of the fact that maybe it frees up some, some ability for you to spend some money on a player that you wouldn't have expected to spend that money on. Um, you know, uh, the, the other kind of fun thing that I don't think a lot of people think about whenever it comes to salary cap uh, leagues is that not only do you have an impact on your draft, but you can actually impact every single other person's draft in that room um, just through small, like, you know, bidding wars, things like that. I mean, you, you can decide other people's draft as well. So you're not just impacting yourself, but you're impacting other people as well. So it, it, it's a full engagement from beginning to end, right? So in redraft, I used to get really kind of bored toward, toward the end of the draft where it was like, okay, hurry up, make your pick, hurry up, make your pick, let, let it get around to me, let's get this done with. Whereas an auction, even whenever you are down to your last dollar, your last player, you can still say, hey, I'll put a bid on for a dollar for this person. I hate if I have $5 left and one slot fill, yeah, I'll throw a dollar out, there, $2 out there and says $1. So, so it's all, you, you can stay constantly engaged throughout the process instead of just, okay, let me sit back and just, and just be kind of bored for the next 30 minutes of the draft. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I'm kind of realizing now that we might have some listeners that don't know what a salary cap draft looks like. Uh, sure. I don't, Sean, do you even know how a salary cap draft works? I mean, I've heard most of it. It's basically you bring up a player and people start to bid on that on said player. And then whoever, I'm guessing whoever just has the highest bid, it gets him. And then you're obviously your budget goes down and then someone else randomly brings up another player. I'm guessing that's how it works. Yeah. Josh, you want to expand? Yeah. So that's, that's the basic format of it, right? Um, you get a set budget. Each person gets a set budget. Um, a, a, a normal average budget is like $200. So you have $200 to spend to fill out whatever that roster you have looks like. Uh, once you fill it out and once you start filling it out, you can still continue to, uh, bid on players, throw a bid out there, things like that. Yeah, it, it, as you as you win those th- those contracts, right? And as as you win that that bidding war, um, comes off your budget, bumps it down, and, and, and then and then you just have to kind of be flexible to play from there on out, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, how would you say draft preparation changes? between salary cap drafts and redraft leagues because i know like you can do a lot of mocks uh with redraft leagues but i didn't find myself personally in that first year of doing a salary cap league doing a lot of mocks so could you walk me through how your personal draft preparation changed when you switched over yeah you're just trying to get all the secrets right that's what this is about yeah. So, um, so in my opinion, this is the biggest change, right? Draft preparation is the biggest change from uh, redraft to a salary cap. So, um, whenever you right, obviously, whenever you're doing redraft, you have people you want to target and say, "This person's going to be reaching this round," or "I'm okay with this person uh, in this round," and, and you kind of prepare and, and kind of know all the players because you have to kind of be prepared for everything, right? Like you, you have to be prepared for every scenario. Um, for me, walking into an auction, I'm actually a little bit more relaxed about it. I'm a little bit um, not less prepared, but I don't 
get so inside my head with, okay, I'm, I'm targeting this person, these people in these rounds. Um, I, it, it, it's more about assigning dollar values to my position, right? So my RB1 spot, my RB2 spot, and not saying, here's the players I want for those spots. Um, understanding who I don't want in those spots, but saying, here's the money I'm willing to spend in these spots. So in, instead of saying, hey, I, I, I want, say, um, you know, a, 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 you know, Todd Gurley for a flex spot, right? Um, I, I, I don't sit there and say, I want Todd Gurley for in, in my flex spot. I sit there and say, hey, I want to spend $12 for my flex spot or $18 for my flex spot. I think Todd Gurley or somewhere in that range of player is a good fit instead of saying, this, these are the three players I want in that spot. That makes a ton of sense. And I see where I went wrong last year. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, building off of that, uh, Josh, so what are like your three main tips then for like someone like me who hasn't ever done a salary cap draft? Like if I were to dip my toe in it, what, what are like the three things I should know? Yeah, so, so as important as controlling your own destiny with, with your bids and controlling your budget and understanding where, the, where your thresholds are for each roster spot, um, it's as important to push people outside of their comfort zones um, in, in, in their own draft preparation, their own ideals. So, so tip number one, bid on every player. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you want them. Doesn't matter if you don't want them. Don't get in a position where you're going to buy a player you don't want. But if you find that, that say, um, so last year I would find my, you know, a, a player get thrown out there and, and say it was uh, Adrian Peterson, right, for for a dollar. Um, Adrian Peterson is, in, in my opinion, is always going to be more valuable until he retires than a dollar uh, pick, just because it's a solid bench player. It's a solid plug and play in the in, in a year at any given moment, right? So, so, um, so I, instead of letting a player or another manager uh, win that contract for a dollar, hey, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to make you pay three. I'm going to say two dollars because everybody's willing to go up to three dollars, right? But if I can at least make you pay an extra two dollars on that player, all it's doing is chipping away at, at, at your budget, allowing me to be in a position to, per, to to buy that contract that I wanted later on in the draft. Right, getting that Austin Eckler for for a dollar or two dollars, Get, getting you know that that uh, Darren Waller for for say you know, he he's been forgotten about, slipped down the draft, and now I can grab him for five dollars, and, and and you have four, I have five, so now I can grab him for five dollars. Right, so it's about playing those games. Um, you know, and that bleeds into don't just focus on tip number two. Don't just focus on your budget. A lot of people get so you know from redraft moving at auction. Whenever you're in redraft, you're focused on your draft. And you're watching the players slip off the board, and you're not really focusing on what other people's rosters are doing. Um, in auction or in salary cap, it's really important to watch other people's budget just as closely as you're watching theirs. So know that do- that bottom dollar amount, what their highest potential offer is for a contract. Understanding of how how you put yourself in a position to be in that top three or four uh, potential bids at any given moment and whittling away at that. Um, and, and then number three, and this is this seems a little on the nose, um, but is being realistic on cost for players, right? Um, so so you take a uh, a Devin Singletary, right? So whenever you look at what a lot of people are throwing out there for value around the dollar amount for for what Devin Singletary's contract looks like. You're saying thirteen dollars, right? So, so is that is that realistic for a starting running back, an RB two, a flex player? Is, is that a realistic amount, an amount you want to pay for, for potential fallout, potential risk, um, including people like you know, um, you know David Johnson, right? The whole new system. He could be a renewed RB one. Who knows? I don't think it's going to be. I don't think there's a high high chance of that. But but you know, if you feel good about that player, understanding and being re- realistic about that value. 
Um, and, and that's where it does compare to Redraft, in my opinion, right? Understanding, like, with Redraft, what's a good round for this player in auction? What's a good value for this player? So, so it's the same mentality there. Um, I, I just think people, whenever they get in a salary cap auction style um, bidding draft, they lose the fact of, okay, what's true value, right? Like, like what do I want to pay for, for, for this contract? Um, you know, in my opinion, uh, and I'm going to give myself a pat on the back here, um, the best bang for the buck in, in auction drafts this year is probably going to be Raheem Mostert. Um, I think Mostert's going to be an insane value. I think he's going to, I have a lot of, you know, gut good feelings about him. Um, and, and his value is only around $6. So that would be essentially like him going in like, like, like the late, like ninth or 10th round in, in a redraft. And that's just insane to me. Yeah. And you just traded for him, right? Uh, you traded pat, for his contract. That, that's the pat on the back, right? Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, 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 so yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, whenever I compare, I, I can say, okay, I'm, I'm going to walk into the draft um, with the format that we run in, in, in the league that we run with, with two, a two keeper league, where I can walk in with walk into that with keeping a Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Monster for around seventy dollars so of my total two hundred dollar budget, and I've already filled a flex spot and an RB one spot. Like being realistic on cost for players is is really important, or even adjusting the cost for player, right? So. Yeah, I paid a lot for Christian McCaffrey. I, I'm, I'm paying right around seventy dollars, or right, right around like sixty-six dollars for him. But I'm offsetting that cost with a flex player and being re- realistic on that end as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I actually, kind of, I, I have the question I have to ask you, and then I also come up with another one. Um, so just for people that are trying to get into it or think that this episode turned them, they want to get their friends to do one this year. What uh, what sources like websites do you find are best for auction leagues? Because I know, I mean, I'm sure some of the major ones dabble in it, but I know for different styles, like uh, the fantasy footballers are a, a huge fantasy football podcast. They're not great in the dynasty. They usually don't have the best advice for that either. So is it different for auction as well? Um, y- y- yes and no, right? So, so. Um, you know, so in my opinion, ESPN actually does have a pretty solid uh, uh, auction auction setup, right? Like they, they they design cheat sheets around it, they design positional around it. So 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 be able to go out and find that you know positional cheat sheet that has assigned values to it, and looking at that and be like, okay, this is how it should actually go for. It. And that's where the mock draft does come in. So if you're looking for resources to kind of figure out what it's going to feel like, uh, not necessarily learn how to draft, right? Do not go into a, a, a salary cap auction draft saying, I'm going to learn how to draft because somebody's going to come in there and just blow up the entire thing right from the get-go and it's just going to get all convoluted. But what you will find is it's a very different pace, it's a very different cadence in, in, in that format than it is in, in redraft. And so that's where it gets a little different. Um, trying to think of some other tools. Um, th- there's a couple other websites out there that, that I like. Um, yeah, but, but really, it, it's about it, it's about going out and finding those cheat sheets. That, that's what I find is the most important thing to do, and, and to go do, and, and to go do those mock drafts. Makes sense. All right. Uh, so, how do you weigh positional value for uh, salary cap leagues? Like, for example, receivers, in most people's opinion, are very deep this year. Uh, and I know me and Christian are among the people that like to have at least two running backs within the first four rounds. A lot of the times, three. So uh, how do you account for that and how are your nominating players? Yeah. So, um, so, so I'm right. I, I can't, I, I've been playing for 15 years, right? So I, I'm an old school fantasy footballer. Um, I, I will never 
stray away from the fact that the running back is the most is, is the most pertinent position in, in, on your fantasy football team, right? Um, wide receivers typically are much deeper just because the, the wealth gets spread out a little bit. Who's guaranteed to touch the ball the most? <clears throat> Quarterbacks, running backs, and then wide receivers are at the helm and, and, and just at the mercy of what happens throughout the game plan and, and game plan, right? So whenever I weigh positional value, right? So whenever I go through and, and, and the way I weigh positional value is saying, okay, what's the value I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assign to each position? Right, so quarterback, I typically never assign more than five or six dollars. Um, I, I just don't believe that that anyone should ever draft a quarterback um, in a redraft or an auction. It, it, what that value would be of five or six dollars, or even like the seventh or eighth round. I, I just don't. You know, last year in our in our auction, um, Pat Mahomes went for sixty dollars, which is absolutely insane. But let's say this year somebody decides to keep uh, Pat Mahomes. Right, the guy the, the guy decides to keep him. His keeper value um, is around twenty four dollars right now, right? Um, so, would you rather have a Pat Mah- a Pat Mahomes at a twenty four dollar value? Would you rather have a Russell Wilson at a five dollar value? Russell, Whatever, a hundred percent. Yeah, he he outperformed him last year, right? Like, even though Mahomes missed a few games, he still out- he still outpaced him because that's what really matters. At the end of the year, total number of points scored is what matters. Um, and, so, so, and with that big of uh, contract difference. The, Huge. the difference in the points, even if Mahomes played every game, wouldn't be anywhere near enough to make up for that value. Exactly, because what you're talking about there is I, I'm going to have a Russell Wilson <clears throat> and a Josh Jacobs, or I can have a Pat Mahomes and a Devin Singletary. I, I'll take Wilson. I'll take Wilson and Jacobs every day yeah. in, in that situation. So, so, so that, and so, right, quarterbacks six dollars max typically for me. Um, running back one and two, um, typically it's around $60 for running back one, um, you know, $45 for running back two flex spot. It, it, it's, it's, a, I, I, you know, it's around $35. And then I kind of sprinkle in my wide receivers right from there, right? Cause the most underrated re- receiver and this year, I think he finally, I, he finally, you know, jumps the line to show his age, Larry Fitzgerald, right? The, the, the ageless wonder of the wide receiver realm. Right, like Larry Fitzgerald, I've grabbed him the past four years in a row um, for around two to three dollars every year, which, which is is just absolutely nuts. Um, you know, so, so that that's what I'm looking at. In my opinion, though, the the hardest market to value this year um, is that tight end market, right? So so people are going to have to make some really tough decisions about what they're willing to pay for tight ends. Um, so would you rather, right? Once again, valuations. Would you rather have George Kittle for thirty two dollars or Darren Waller for six? Do you think that that outperformance there is really is really guaranteed? Like what? Like you're paying, so you're paying for a guarantee there versus Darren Waller was great last year. Is he is he gonna is he gonna jump back again? Who who knows? I, I like Darren Waller a lot. I actually like him better this year than last year. Interesting. Yeah. So so that's sort of how how I how I value the position. Yeah yeah. Receivers, in my opinion, you can grab a receiver. You know the, the fall off from. You know, after your Michael Thomas's, Julio Jones, Tyreek Kill, after the fall off after that, you've got you've got twenty solid receivers after that before you really see a big drop off, in my opinion. Uh, whereas running back, right? I mean, you've got you've got the two guys at the top, and you've got about ten players after that, and then there's everybody else. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Last year, I know uh, I got duped. I had. Uh, <laughs> I had DJ Moore, I want to say. Did I have DJ Moore? <clears throat> yeah, I had DJ Moore because then I was trying to uh, drive the price up on Curtis Samuel, and I ended up with 
Curtis Samuel <laughs> and DJ Moore, which I was, was just, gonna say, yeah. that was not a good thing to do. Um, and, and it was just uh, kind of not realizing where someone's cutoff was. Uh, Cause I, I didn't want Samuel at all, even though I was really high on him, but I made the mistake of going one time too many on my, my bid. And so then I, I ended up a little fucked there and then no one yeah. would take Curtis Samuel from me because you're all <laughs> Panthers fans. It was better. Yeah, we we knew what right. we, we knew what our team was. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's the difference between the Panthers fans and like the Steelers fans, where they'll overbid for everything else because it's a Steelers player. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um. Yeah. So, so understand that. So, so right. And, and maybe I can give a, another tip around that. Right. So like whenever you're wanting to drive the the, the price of those players up, um, my my secret there is to just get the wheel churning. Right. So like. I can bid just enough to get other people jumped in trying to bid it up, like get other people excited to see what to, to just get their voice heard. Then I'll just back out that point and let the, and then let them control the show. Yep, yep. You did that a, a couple times to me. I started picking up on it a little <laughs> bit. Uh, <laughs> but all right, uh, Sean, Randy, do you guys have any more questions regarding salary cap before we switch gears just a touch? Hmm. Uh, I don't think so. Not at the top of my head here. Might find awesome. a different one here, but you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the the most important question we have for you, Josh, what is your favorite football movie? Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a tough one because I, I like a lot of them. I, I've always got to go back to the replacements, though. The replacements oh. is like the one I can go to every single time. Like, I, I, there's a lot of them I love. Like, I. I love Remember the Titans, but replacements, I can just turn that on and eat. Right, you flip them through your seat and you're like, yep, I'll watch that. Absolutely. It's so quotable. Like, there are so many good quotes you can pull from the replacements. Uh, I don't, I mean, that's true of most football movies, but. I was going to say, pretty much everyone. But the replacements are, it's more memorable, probably because I stole Randy's DVD (laughs) of the replacements. You need a replacement DVD, Randy. Yeah, I've needed a replacement of the replacement for about five years now, it feels like, <laughs> that you said you were going to get at least five years ago. Yes, well, someday. <laughs> and we've gone off the rails. We had, <laughs> had 40 minutes. Uh, I definitely had the over in the pool, unfortunately. Right. So Randy, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Randy doesn't get it. We did. We did have. We did have under. The over was set at forty-two, so just slightly under. So I, I took the under because I know how you two idiots work. All right, uh, Josh, that's all we got for you. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here. That was definitely. Um, you definitely dropped some knowledge on me. I'm. I'm gonna have to look into to some of these salary cap leagues, maybe even this year, because oh. it's quite quite the strategy. Oh no! <laughs> I just say I don't know. Because I know I'm going to end up in it, and I'm mad about it because I'm already in too many. It, yep. it's, it, it, it is a very different beast, but it, it is a ton of fun. I, I find that most people that go auction are like, or, or start cap, they're like, yep, I, I'm done with the retrap format. It, it's just, like I said, it, 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 it's fun. You're, you're engaged the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, one- we've geared a lot towards Dynasty, too, uh, past redrafts. We still want to have a couple, but. Uh, for us, I know it's we we're always looking for more of a challenge at this point, and it seems like this is a different challenge for me and Sean, which is not good. Yeah, right. Dynasty, one, Dynasty, Dynasty was the first one, 
And then mm-hmm. I I kind of just, you know, dove headfirst into the deep end for that. So, yeah. Uh, one last thing, Josh, before you leave. Yeah. Are we uh, switching over to sleeper? Is that confirmed? <laughs> uh, the, the vote hasn't been confirmed yet. Now we, 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 we need at least seven. Damn so it. does sleeper have the ability for an auction draft? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't. That's what I thought. And I, I wasn't sure if you guys actually used uh, an app for your drafts or it was more of a video so, call because I know obviously some people like Christians now out of state. So, so this year, which we had the commitment from him, and he got, he got out of it. So we have a pretty hard line rule about in person draft for, for for our for our league. Um, you know, so that it's one of the it's one of the things that makes the draft pretty cool for, for us is that um, the auction in person is absolutely one of the, is the most fun fantasy football experiences you, you you can have. Right, like it's just it's just enjoyable to 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 win the bid over the guy in front of you and just and just watch the hate. Right, like it's it, it, it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I did yeah. that. I did that in a draft yesterday against Christian at least three times. Oh, I definitely uh, did it at least twice. Fuck <laughs> you both. Yeah, it's so. So that's fun. Um, but but yeah. So, so this year, I mean, we all we're we're in the ESPN format. Sleeper is definitely the app we want to move towards. We need them to. Yeah, it, I, I think we'll probably end up there this year. Um, you, we have to make the decision sooner rather than later. What we'll probably do though is, is use ESPN's uh, auction system like just just and have the league sit there and then shift everything over it's not hard yeah that makes sense all right uh if you guys got don't have anything else josh we'll go ahead and we'll let you run here uh definitely definitely appreciate you being on i appreciate it guys appreciate it josh hey good one yeah before you leave because normally i'm gonna stop there all right, so that was an awesome interview with Josh. A little bit different, especially for me. Like I said on the interview, I've never done auction before. Salary cap, sorry. Um, <laughs> I it definitely something I'm gonna look into. If not this year, then next year for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> Christian, you want to bring us into the segment that we're about to do here? I want to explain it. You're sure. Uh, it's not. It's not too difficult. It's just some some if then statements. So basically, if something happens, then what do we think will happen with another player? And I'll give the first example. If John Brown misses time, then Stefan Diggs's ceiling is wide receiver blank. So we'll go through a series of those. And since I read the first one off, one of you guys can start and then we'll circle back to me. Um, eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, that's not that far off. Kind of what I was thinking. Uh, what? What do you think, Christian? You just. Kinda... I think fifteen. Okay. So I, just I think don't see, I don't see Josh Allen taking that a huge accuracy leap, which is going to hurt. Regardless, it's going to hurt Diggs' upside, especially with what he wants to do. So. I would say like that fifteen. I think we're all kind of the same. I'll I'll go sixteen to be a little different. Uh, but like John Brown, I believe in PPRs wide receiver twenty last year as the number one target. Obviously, Diggs is a better receiver. Uh, you would hope Josh Allen is progressing in his career, becoming slightly more accurate by the year. There's no proof to back that up though. So, as, especially from what I've seen from camp, where he's barely hitting the running backs. Uh, so yeah. 
but yeah, so wide receiver 16. So it's, I mean, it's good. It's a lot better than what we're viewing him right now, at least me and Christian for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. <sighs> this one just makes me, why'd you have to do this? This makes me sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. If the Browns defense continues getting hurt, which I mean, we all know the next guy who's going to go down, right, gentlemen? Odell Beckham? No, I was going to. We're go just for... talking defense. I was going to say Miles Garrett. Shut up! No, it's it's Vernon. First off, <laughs> he's going to go down. So if the Browns defensive players continue to get hurt, weakening the defensive core as a whole, one that wasn't very strong to begin with, Baker Mayfield is then sorry, then Baker Mayfield is QB blank. Uh, I would say top eight. So I'll I'll go quarterback eight. I will go. I'll huh. go quarterback. You, you Is that what you were gonna say? I'm gonna say eight, <laughs> and I have to be different. I have. To. I'll say QB seven, just to be a little bit different. They are still gonna focus heavily on the run because it will be very successful. Even though they do have one question mark, I'd say on the offensive line still, but they should be able to get through that. Uh, but if the other team's scoring a bunch too, they're going to have to throw, and they're going to throw anyways. So, I, I mean, it's just more touchdowns, I guess. I'll go QB ten. Yeah, makes sense. Right. I mean, and we're and we're all three of us is, uh, believe in Baker this year to be, if not a QB one, right on that threshold. Anyway, a little bit starting to tilt. A little bit. That's that's the because, life of man. Because I think I'm. A, don't want to be too high on him because I don't want to get my hopes and dreams crushed. And yeah, B, I do think they're going to run the ball a lot, and it's going to be a very boring game to watch. Is that necessarily boring? I mean, yeah. if watching Dream Hunter busting off 20-yard runs every five runs, how is that boring? Well, yeah, that's not boring, but if they're getting three yards and four yards and five yards, and then, yeah, then it's kind of boring to watch. Whatever you say, man. I'll enjoy it. Then again, yeah, I'll, you'll also enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, but then you can go enjoy your other two teams, and then you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one is not going to be doing much better uh, in the boring aspect, and actually, they both probably be doing. Oh come on! Yeah. Watching Tim Newton's going to be fun. Maybe, but the Raiders are just going to feed Josh Jacobs as much as fucking possible, so it's going to be the same thing. Oh, but Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfrew. <laughs> I can like those players and still think. Not, no, that wasn't you. That was just the people, like the community as a whole, hyping up that entire receiving core, not realizing yeah. how much work Josh Jacobs is still going to get. It's, it's about to get yeah. much fucking worse, buddy, with Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams and yeah. can't believe that dude's going to try to play after two weeks of rehab. He played three uh, injuries last year. I know. And he sucked. Uh, moving on, if if Tua Tonga-Vailoa starts before week five, which for the record I don't see happening, then Preston Williams finishes in the top blank. Dude. <laughs> um, so, Christian, do you remember where we had him, where he ended up finishing in our consensus? That's top was- 40. He's within the top 40. That's all I know. I think he's... 38. I'll say top 37. 36. So I guess the I typed this, but now that I'm thinking about it, if if Tua starts, is that even better for Preston not, Williams? So I so clearly he's a more like accurate and obviously he's a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, 
says you. Okay. Stop it. Uh, so in that, in that regard, it's better for him. But we, like, especially me and Christian, I'll say, we think he's getting 100 targets for sure this year. He has every chance to at least, he's already, at worst, he's the two option in the offense. Uh, I think he's going to be the 1B or even the 1A in this offense. I'm not trusting one year after a bunch of years of not being able to play Devontae Parker. Hey, hey, to, hey, this extent, hey, to that extent. Hey, Adam Gase. Adam Gase agree, but when Preston was there last year, he was the one breaking out more than Parker at that exact time. Obviously, Parker went on to play phenomenally, and he deserves to be drafted where he is right now. I'm just saying, I think top, I'll say, I'll say top 30. I'll be the bold one. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I think this is, I think Tua starting would be worse for Preston. But, I, so, I, but see, you also are the one that think the Dolphins are going to win games. So, because I do. Them, because them overspending in free agency, which having a bunch of picks, somehow equating with no chemistry and no preseason to wins. For the record, those two things don't go together, Christian. If I'll do another one, if the Dolphins are winning games, then Tua Tonga Vailoa is on the bench. And I also want to point out that I'm pretty sure he's not even competing for the number two, or he's not even a lock for the number two job right now. Nah, I think that's a that's yeah, one of those like bullshit uh kind of headline grabbing reports that came out because then he went out and just torched up the defense today. There was Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I'll I'll give my number. I think top forty. I haven't projected right now in my personal rankings as a borderline wide receiver two. Um e- either way, Preston know, Williams is gonna have He's going to have over 100 targets no matter what. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You could throw fucking my Dakota in a quarterback, and Preston Williams would get the ball. Yeah, times. I don't think that's how it works. I don't know. She doesn't have thumb. That's the only issue. If so in that aspect, what what is the target number you see for Parker? 140. So you well, still think they can both do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have Parker ahead of Preston. <laughs> it's it's those two and Gasicki and then Shaheen and then it's Probably literally just a crapshoot. I mean, Jakeem Grant, maybe Malcolm Perry, maybe Chester Rogers. Didn't they? They signed Chester Rogers. Yes. So but, the other thing, so to, to like you're saying, it it may not be a better if two is the quarterback. We'll see how bad it is, but I mean. This is also the other reason we're super high in Preston this year is because one stat that I saw today even was the second half of the season, CMC was the top scorer in fantasy points, then Lamar, then Michael Thomas. Who was number four? Any idea? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Christian, to your your point, if the the Dolphins are winning games and, and Fitzpatrick starts the season, why would they go to Tua anyway? Because I, they do have a tough first two weeks, and then they get the Jags, and I think Frank. Uh, well, you're saying so you give them two weeks of a hook. So it, but that's maybe that's it. All depends how two is also performing in practice and everything. It's not a yeah. correlative to just how Fitzpatrick's playing and how bad the Dolphins are playing. It's, I mean, 
Tua has to be winning the job every week as well. Yeah. I, I think there's a, a real world. No, oh, for real? <laughs> uh, I think there is a world where Tua starts and they still win. But we can move on now that Sean's yelling at his cat. What is the cat got caught in the? She got caught in the fucking cord as she was walking by, and then she got all tingled up. What? What's your two pets, dude? I want to die. <laughs> Apparently, so does your cat. What the hell? She's an idiot. All right, I'll read the next one just because, of course, I would. Um, if Ronald Jones misses time, God forbid, knock on wood, then blank becomes the fantasy-relevant running back in Tampa. It's so, Sean McCoy. It's, it's mm. not to me. I, I, haven't, I also haven't seen anything good about LaShawn so far. What, what good have you seen? Bruce I, Arians is talking about how he wants Keyshawn Vaughn to return kicks. I, I was literally about to say, I haven't seen much from uh, McCoy so far. I mean, he hasn't been there that long anyways. Uh, obviously Keyshawn Vaughn is struggling, but he's also a rookie, so it makes sense. Um, I I think they would end up giving the full shot to Keyshawn, though, just to see if they made the right call. That's also possibly a spot where Devontae Freeman comes in. Because it's not going to be uh, Dare. I'm going to stick I'm going to stick firmly on it's going to be McCoy. Yeah, I think I mean, it's one of the reasons why they signed him. McCoy was struggling to keep snaps Last year, half the time. That's my only problem. Yeah, yeah but Jamie Williams was never was was never hurt to an extent where he wouldn't start. Um, I've got a I've got a little wrinkle to throw in this one. I'm gonna say Carlos Hyde, and it's because DJ Dallas is showing out and is looking like he might be the third down back for Seattle. I don't know if. Carlos Hyde makes it, assuming that Rashad Penny is returning sometime this year. Well, that's uh, that's the question, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I would, I if I had to bet, I would say it would be like a, a veteran like Carlos Hyde at least that they would just sign that, or maybe like Randy said, Devontae Freeman. That's a good shout. Or too. Royce Freeman. They could trade for him as well. Josh, give give me fantasy relevant Royce. Freeman. I got you, Sean. I'll take that too. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, read, I'll read the next one because it's somewhat convoluted and I typed it up uh, if we see a true three running back committee in Green Bay this year that being with uh, Williams taking carries and some passing work and AJ Dillon taking some carries and the goal line routes possibly because he is a big back uh, then what is Aaron Jones finish to you running back 37 because the way you word this, Aaron Jones isn't going to get a single goal line carry. So, that's... Well, what? No. You no, didn't no. say some goal line reps. You said and goal line reps. Well, he's not yeah, going to take all of them, no matter AJ what. AJ Dillon taking carries and goal line reps. Doesn't say taking all goal line reps. Yeah. Like Melvin Gordon will do for Stop. the Broncos. That Stop. is true. Yes, no, he won't. Stop. You're good. You're good. No. So, <laughs> I will say in all I... Carries-wise, Williams was worked in... A sometimes over 50% last year. So obviously he wouldn't be anywhere near that this year. And him and Dylan would split that like 45% per se of the work. RB 21. 
Oh, that's I, low. That's harsh. I would I mean, say why though? I mean, you look at just based on, um, like just based on a, a full on yardage standpoint from last season. If he's going to have more guys cutting into his workload, I mean, he had a thousand yards, but. I mean, if you subtract half of his touchdowns, I'm sure he's going to finish well, more towards the and eight, eight touchdowns for a season is pretty good. Well, you take away half of his touchdowns from last year, and he's RB nine. Is he? Yeah. So you're most likely taking away half his touchdowns. By the way, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a likely situation. But in this scenario, I don't think he. I I I almost don't think he would get over a thousand yards either with. If Dylan and Williams are both getting carries away from him and and Williams is on the field for passing, I just don't see how he could get a thousand yards either in that scenario. You're you very well could be right, Sean. That's why I post the question. Obviously, Williams, uh, we we saw last year how much they wanted him involved. Like I said, he he did get a majority of the work some games when he was healthy. Unfortunately, he went down at a certain point, and Aaron Jones took off past them because he's... Didn't he get, like, stretchered off? Wasn't it, like, really bad? Yeah. He, did, he didn't miss that many games. Right, but he got, like, stretchered yeah. off the field. Have, really it was a but, Sunday I mean, night game. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Jones obviously exploded in that time because he is a really good back. But because we know they already like Williams, and we've seen all they can really talk about is A.J. Dillon from camp, you'd have to assume... At worst, those two are getting a combined 10 to 12 carries a game, maybe a combined five targets. I mean, that's that's <laughs> a decent five chunk. going to Jamal and zero yeah, to yeah, 100%. I, but that's a decent chunk for a running back to lose. I mean, that, that's yeah, all I know is that if I'm a linebacker, I'm not tackling AJ Dillon low. I'm not trying right. to get kicked in the face with those fucking horses. <laughs> uh, I would say. RB 15 is the lowest because it's floor for you. Yeah. So even, so I think this is kind of an unlikely scenario because I, there is a little bit of the game Christian. Well, I know, but I'm just saying there is a little bit of buzz that Jamal is on the trade block. And so so if, if that happens, that's great for Aaron Jones because he loses most likely. It's good for AJ Dillon too. Yeah, it's great for AJ Dillon, but he will only get a very minimal amount of passing work because he's he's not amazing in that aspect, at least yet. I mean, he can always grow, but uh, that would be an amazing step up for Aaron Jones, and that would be almost a lock to be top, probably. I mean, worst case, top ten at that aspect. Yeah. Uh, for me, because this actually seems, if no one gets harder traded, uh, this seems to be what we're looking at this year, and this is why I'm one of the people lower. On Aaron Jones, I still say worst case, like you said, probably RB 15, 16. I would make it probably I, – I don't think it would be much better, though. I, I'm going to say like RB 13, RB 12, like right on that cusp of the RB 1, kind of what we were uh, – me and Sean were hoping Derek Henry was last year. Why? Why? Why not? Uh-huh. It's, a call, it's a callback. I like callbacks. Hey, okay? you want to talk about how Jordan Brooks was taking fucking one pick over Patrick <laughs> Queen, too? We can talk, talk about that. that. We can talk about it because you still have to get the slap for us. Yeah, I forgot to slap you when I saw you. Next question. (laughs) If Rashad Penny returns earlier than expected, then what happens to the backfield in Seattle? I think Christian already kind of touched on this, that if Penny comes back early, 
Hyde's probably the odd man out again. Just from what I've seen from camp, obviously that's a lot of, uh, you have to see a bunch of writers more than anything, kind of not get coach speak for that to really gauge that. But what I've seen is Dallas has been showing out. Obviously Carson looks good. Hyde looks serviceable. Can we, can we, can, can we as a group, the three of us, work on a phrase other than showing out? We've been saying that way too much over the last two weeks. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Okay. <laughs> we will. Um, Excellent. There you go. <laughs> yes. like- he, is ex- he is exceptional. Um, <laughs> I did not say that. I what know. the hell um, is that? <laughs> it was a word for showing out. Um, so what happens to that running back room? I, I agree that if Penny returns, Hyde's probably gone. I, but what what does Penny returning even mean? You so know? I was going to say is I think if Penny returns, so if Penny returns, that means he's healthy. And when Penny's healthy, he's Penny good. Perhaps he's been pretty good. So yes. what that means is Carson is lower, and Penny Carson might get a little bit less work, but they still run the ball a ton, so that's okay to an extent. And uh, and and if 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 Chris Carson starts to have butterfingers again. Well, yeah, uh, but the major thing, I think, is it's either Carlos Hyde's gone or Penny's gone because Penny will have some trade name value. Yeah, as- that's the thing. I, I think if he is like, yeah, if he's going to go, it's got to be in a trade to Which- maybe a Tampa Bay. Oh, dude, if, if he oh got my. traded to Tampa Bay, oh, Washington. how Christian, how would you feel if, if Rashad Penny got traded to Tampa Bay this year? Uh, Well, I'd have. That'd be my my favorite uh, running back room because everyone knows I loved Penny that year too. He hasn't really Honestly, done a ton, but let's let's be real. As of right now, if Dallas is doing as good as people are saying, and if he keeps that progression and keeps going, Penny's getting traded this year or this off season, no matter what. Yeah, what's uh? Well, Carson's a free agent, and so. Uh, yeah. So Carson and Hyde are free agents next year. So they might keep Penny around and use him and Dallas next year. So, or they could draft yet another one, or they could get Kareem Hunt. <laughs> There's a bunch of possibilities. Give me there. Rashad Penny as the starting running back in Seattle in <laughs> 2021. Uh, For the love of God, because I have like eight eight dynasty. I'll read. Uh, actually, Christian, no, I, I'll read. I'll this read one. it. I'll read it. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> If Jamison Crowder misses time this season, then Chris Herndon finishes as the tight end. One. Fuck off. Uh, no. Five. Eight. No, not even that. Twelve. At best. I see. Like I like Herndon. I was on with Christian last year with him. He got hurt. I understand that we can't really deal with that. That's not really his fault necessarily. Uh, but obviously he. You see a report that he seems to be a favorite target, and but you also see the same day that Crowder is clearly the favorite target of the offense. And I mean, he they both can coexist as it is. Obviously, Herndon's being undrafted pretty much. I think our consensus rankings was like RB or RB tight end twenty five ish. Chris uh, Herndon a running back. Give I me just, that. <laughs> I corrected it. Uh, so obviously he's finishing higher than that. But 
I think this year, even if he does get all the workload that Christian expects, it's going to be tight end like 15 to 18, I'd say, or even 20. Like some really good weeks, some you're not going to play them because of bad matchups, and Darnold could be seeing ghosts. Uh, but <laughs> uh, so, but if Crowder's gone, obviously he dominates the middle of the field, but so does Le'Veon Bell, and so can Denzel Mims to an extent. So yes. I. I wouldn't jump him up to five or eight with that injury. Well, so Jameson Crowder is probably going to push 150 targets, man. That's a lot to go around. Like, I think, I think Lev could finish top 10 in that case. I think Herndon could finish top 10. I, I guess, I mean, like you said, the, the targets are over the middle, so it doesn't even really benefit Perriman. I guess they would use Mims in that role or Hogan. Yeah, but they also don't have a deep receiver room. So what if that happens and they're just like, oh, yeah, so fuck it. Bow personnel. Let's use Griffin and Herndon. So yeah. that cuts into Herndon immediately. That's So it's not That's a true. cut and dry scenario if Prater went down is my biggest point. I but also will be very sad. For me, for sure. I also will be very sad because I find myself in the middle of drafts finding Jameson Crowder there <laughs> a lot and not being able to pass him up. Fair. <laughs> All right. If... Oh God! I had if, you for Christian. I know. If Sony Michelle returns as as expected, Christian, before Week One, how much does this isn't an if then, Randy? This is an if Just and how much. This fuck if, off. If Sony Michelle returns as expected before Week One, then Damian Harris, Damian Harris's camp matters this much. Dude, you uh, just butchered the you, shit. Out, you did butcher that a lot. Um, yeah, because I had to try to put a statement in there. <laughs> oh, right? you had to. No, that uh, doesn't read right then. Um, so I still think it matters. Obviously, you know I'm gonna uh, say that because I believe in Damian Harris. Um, I think there's a world. I still, I still believe there's a world in which Damian Harris takes the starting job over Sony. So, I, I just want to put how I exactly said it was then how much does this camp hype for Harris with no competition matter for early season? Yeah, so because, that, that does like, matter. Like you said, because you're a complete hater for Sony, obviously <laughs> if Sony comes back, gets injured again, or he comes back and he's not doing great, or he comes back and he's fumbling the ball or something, obviously he could lose his job. Like, he could lose mm-hmm. any running back can lose their job really if they're underperforming. That's just how it works. So yes. that's the the early the season, early season. The biggest point because from all reports, Sony is going to be back very soon, and before week one, he's going to get reps. They're aiming for him to play week one, but they're also liking what they're seeing from Harris with again no competition. So I guess my my answer does change. Um, I think I wouldn't want any of them that first few weeks because I think they're going to give Harris some run and because I think they'll still limit Sony when he comes back. Their best so running he, back is number one. What? He's he's the best running back. He's, Cam. he's their best running back. And yeah. Cam, and honestly, Cam probably is going to have a reduced running scheme as well. So. Um, so I guess that just means I I don't want to touch that backfield other than James White. Honestly, for for, for me, 
like obviously I've come around more towards your side, Christian, of like the camp hype is just he's doing good. I mean, there's no doubt that he's he's trying to capitalize on his opportunity. Obvious obviously they haven't handed him the opportunity or even close. They barely have they haven't even made a quarterback opportunity of it, like fully set. So they're not gonna give the running back job away this early. Um mm-hmm. pretty much everything's up available for the Patriots. Uh <laughs> Well, but now that, with, with Stidham being out for three weeks, yeah. it's kind of just... And that's... But the biggest takeaway for me is, no matter what, like, I am not a huge fan of Harris, and if he's looking really good running the ball, that means Stoney's going to look good, a lot better running the ball, because clearly this line is performing a lot better than last or, year. Or the Patriots' defense in camp is just much worse than people expected. It very well could be, but they're the generally... They're generally a pretty good run. Attack. Yeah, but I mean, no high tower. Didn't He's, they lose someone on the defensive line too? Uh, well, they lost Van Noy. And didn't Danny, Danny did Danny Sheldon go elsewhere? Also, He's in uh, Detroit. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So the Patriots. Uh, well, yeah. Randy. Randy, I guess that uh, Christian's going to be buying the new Xbox series and not the Sony PlayStation. Oh, for real! Wow. Holy hell! That was that was uh, bad. Next, next question. All right. Next statement. I, I will agree with Christian. I think that means you don't play either for the first week or so. Yeah. Play James White. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If the Kenyon Drake walking boot news that came out today, ling, if him in a walking boot does linger then you're willing to spend a blank round pick on him. Uh, so, so by linger, I assume it means up until when like, draft, up until we, the week of the season where drafts are pretty much over. We don't have a full clean bill of health. Yes. What you mean. I would say probably I'm saying third round. I would say meh, Middle back end a second, very early third. It, I still, mean, it's different I for. Say, go ahead. I was gonna say it's different for every draft. Like we we have a redraft coming up, and well, I pick two. And Christian's like, "You're you're gonna get shit running backs coming back to you." I was like, "Well, I mean, sometimes that's uh, sometimes that could be Nick Chubb, that could be Josh Jacobs, that could be Aaron Jones. Like you never know who's coming like, back." I would take. I would still take Drake over Melvin Gordon, Bell, Carson, Gurley. I would still take him over all those guys. I think I I definitely agree with that, I'd say. I mean Gurley's closer for me, but I'd still take I, Drake I, over him, I think. I still I'd still I, even in this case I think Drake has the only one to me it would flip is I would maybe consider Aaron Jones over Drake. Otherwise, maybe. like you got you got the big four, you have Cook, you have um um Josh Jacobs, you have Miles Sanders, like those guys would all go before yeah. him. I would maybe push Aaron Jones over and then Mixon, and then that's where I would put Drake, so I would still take Drake in that spot. Honestly, I think that kind of lines up where we would be deciding between him and James Conner, Todd Gurley. And And I would take him over those guys. That's very close. I still think I would take, in a season long, I would, I I, like thinking, I think you would take Drake still because there's, I think there's a better chance that Gurley or Conner is out three weeks. Yeah. Well, it, and it would just be, they would then just prioritize you to look at Chase Edmonds later. 
Very true. Uh, I would say third, but a lot of those guys you mentioned, like like Aaron Jones, I would take him over Kenny Drake right now. Todd Gurley, I would do the same thing. Uh, I that's guess where, I mean the only two. That's we get it that we get it that like Gurley's your guy for this year, but I think that's where Randy and I differ from your opinion there. Yeah, I, like I consider depending on how the board falls. Obviously, I consider Gurley that back very back end of the second third as like the top I'd spend on him. I would clearly love to spend a fourth round pick on him, but he's he's not going there anymore. So. Yeah, he's he's into the third. Yeah, and he's hitting he's hitting the second. But yeah, I just uh, I'm a little lower on Drake as is, and if the walking boots there, I, yeah. I'm more skeptical. It's it's kind of a price check one, and I actually enjoy that to be honest. You're yeah. welcome. All right, last one. If Josh Jacobs doesn't get a third down target again, doesn't get a single. Is this like a single third down target? Type. So if you didn't know, he didn't get a single third down target last year. So if Josh Jacobs doesn't get a single third down target again this season, so then you're willing to draft him at his current ADP of RB12, yes or no? For me, it's yeah. a yes. I agree. I, I already kind of have to say yes because of how my draft went yesterday. <laughs> so he played 13 games last year. He wasn't involved pretty much at all in the passing game as it is. Uh, not getting a third on target doesn't mean you don't get more passing work this year. Uh, it just means that, like, Richard is who they want out there. Or uh, Theo Riddick that they just signed. Or Lynn Bowden comes on down the stretch and they want and him. Please, in our listeners, just a disclaimer, please don't fade Josh Jacobs any oh. Theo Riddick. Please oh, fuck. do it. But, and, and that's the other thing. If other uh, people are doing it, then take advantage. Uh, at the end of the day, Gruden made it a point at when talking to media that he is still looking for all aspects to get Josh Jacobs more involved in the passing game. So I would assume he at least gets 10 to 15 more catches this year, and that still could be without a third down. He finished RB20, I want to say, with only 13 games last year. So if he played all 16, I'd say at worst it was like RB17, 16. So I'd say it's a value at RB12 still. Yeah. And I agree. Um, I think the main thing, like with Theo Riddick being signed, I think Mayock just likes bringing in talented football players and to compete, especially with the report that they're just not overly impressed with Bowden. Um, I think, I don't think, should impact Josh Jacobs whatsoever. And the third down targets, I mean, like Randy said, he was RV, he was top 20. I think he was actually like 21 or 22, if I remember in PPR. Yeah, but through third, when every, for 13 weeks, a sample, he was like RB like 15 or 16 or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. So I, I think he's still a top 10, 10 to 12 back, I guess. You might yeah. be drafting him at, where he finishes and that's not incredible value, but it's the the way I view it is if he doesn't get any more passing work, he doesn't get a single third down target yet again, which is a stat that is crazy to me, honestly, for a starting running back. Even Henry gets third down targets sometimes. I mean <laughs> sometimes, Christian, sometimes. Once in a blue uh, 
I think his floor, his bust, is RB15 or 16 this year, even with no more passing work and no third down targets. So that's that's why I'm like, you're basically taking a guy just above his floor, and he has every chance to be a top eight running back. Or, I mean, that's my opinion, yeah. at least. I mean, I think his ceiling's top five. Yeah, I mean, so is Derrick Henry, so you'd have to. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have a ceiling of top five. But... Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so that's it for our if then uh, thing, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I do want to say one thing before we get out of here is I did use the red zone draft board on Saturday for our live draft. Was kind of upsetting that there were no kickers, seeing that everybody drafted kickers and I had to write them all in. Uh, because our league still does use kickers, but I again I understand. Well, you're the wrong one here. That's the problem. <laughs> if it was if it was up to Sean, they wouldn't have kickers. Don't yes, worry. I'm not getting into it. But um, the it's 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 definitely a bigger draft board than I've ever seen. Um, the name, the colors of the stickers are really nice. A little bit tougher to see some of them because it's black writing. So like some people were talking about how it was a little bit tougher to see, but I, I think all in all, it was, it was really cool. Um, especially having the bigger board. And what was interesting about those stickers were you had the sticker and then you actually had a little circle up in the top right corner. And you could like, instead of the pick numbers being on the board, the pick numbers, you actually had an extra sticker to put on. And there were like K stick. They were K stickers. If it was a keeper, then you had the pick number and then you had T. I don't know what the T meant. But uh, maybe trade, I guess. But um, so you actually had, as the picks were going, what number overall pick it was. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it seems a little bit more customizable than the cut and dry ones that we're used to as well. Yes, but don't do it if you have a sixteen team league because there were only fourteen slots. Mm. Fair. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know how many people are playing in sixteen team leagues, but. Your balls, yes, it is. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and then uh, the other thing before we go, Thrive Fantasy. Um, again, hashtag prop up. If you guys want some more DFS action, which you do, because once the NFL season ramps up, you guys are going to be just itching for, for bets. And there's no better place to go than Thrive Fantasy for that. Uh, use our discount code, the cut you'll get an additional $20 onto your first deposit of $20 or more. You want to do this. I keep harping on it. They are the next DraftKings. They are the next FanDuel. They are the next big thing. So get in now when you can win some contests. Yeah, I've actually been dabbling in the playoff basketball as well. I've won a few contests. Uh, I've only been playing the cheaper ones uh, just to try and test it out. But the lines are very reasonable for pretty much everyone. And I for basketball, the ones I was playing, you only had to pick five. I know, I believe for the NFL season for the entire like weekend or for the entire T of Sunday, you're gonna have to pick ten out of ten. twenty. Yeah, I believe, but it uh, for some of those contests, it could be five out of ten or five out of twenty even. Uh, so there's a lot. There's some super easy ones and some that are just under that you're not quite sure of, but. Hopefully we will be able to help with that during the season. Yeah, absolutely. And their NFL week one is live. So you can sign up now, 
and you can get in and get your your props set for week one. So go do that. Use discount code to cut. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? Nope. All right. Well, then uh, we will uh, for Randy Hall, Christian Williams. I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys again on Thursday. Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. Y'all rose together. We gone. I'm all over this ice cream beat like sprinkles. Why thank you? If you's a hater, I'm eating. You's a waiter. Pistol on my hip. Tomb Raider. Holla at your guala. Soon later. Young tomb nigga. Typhoon nigga. And if you think it's sweet, buy a room nigga. Die mood nigga. I'm on my dang shit. She give me good brain like she studied at Cambridge. Lighting up a motherfucking blunt. Stupid fruity swag like a motherfucking runt. And I be with my dog like a motherfucker hunting. Every day of the week is the first of the month. All them up again with the diamonds in the face. Can't tell the time cause the diamonds in the face. We can get it popping like a semi-auto.